Yazare. Yawizo. And welcome to another episode of Africa's Untold Stories. Mm. As per usual, um, I am Brian and I'm with... Sarah. Yes, and we apologize for the slight delay in this week's episode. I think right but now it yes, should be. Here we are now. Right now it should be expected. I think every episode for the past yeah, how many episodes right. we apologized. <laughs> <laughs> the delay is now the norm. Yes. Now, if we actually release on schedule, then that that's where the difference comes yeah. in. Consider this the new norm. So, yeah, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. Well, anyway, all right. So. Today's episode, today's episode, today's episode is a fantastic episode. Um, it's an episode that I had a hard time figuring out how to approach it. And um, you probably have an idea of how we ended up approaching it from the title when you see it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, typically when we're doing an episode of Africa's Untold Stories, you see, we usually take it from the angle of um, great men or great kingdoms or great achievements, great feats, mm. um, Shaka Zulu, Mansa Musa, the Aksum Empire, Shin the Kanem Empire, C-section in Uganda. We pick exquisite standout things that, you know, um, showcase some um, grand uh, Africa that is traditionally, um, typically overlooked. Mm-hmm by um a lot of people right yeah now today's episode is a bit of a twist today's episode is quite generic what but generic in the sense that it's very very incredibly african ah okay yes (laughs) so in the period throughout which we've been um what's the word i'm looking for which we've been doing Africa Santo stories where we've had to be doing a lot of research and the likes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I have come to realize that there is there are a lot of themes that go through many African kingdoms and empires to have existed. Mm-hmm. And they vary from, you know, whatever to from place to place. But there are certain themes that have certain basic foundations that still run through despite where you are. So I'm guessing this story heavily writes on one this on this theme that runs through all these stories, which is why you call it generic in an African sense. Yes. Mm. So um, when it comes to a lot of um, empires to have existed mm-hmm. or um, great achieving kingdoms to have existed throughout the entirety of well the world, a lot of them have mythological foundations, right? Mm. In that the people who belong to this kingdom or this empire have some stories about how it started out that modern day historians would traditionally attribute to, you know, um, mythologies. Of course. The Romans even had that whole thing with um, Romulus and his brother and sucking on the breast of a wolf, Mm, blah, blah. So, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So all of those kind of things. All of those kind of things are in there, right? Mm. But then when when it comes to a lot of African kingdoms, you don't have to go that far back. You don't have to go to, to the BC era to find kingdoms that um, rely on roots in um, mythology, mm-hmm. right? And uh, 
today's kingdom that we're going to discuss is one of such ones. So when we when we spoke about the Mali Empire, we spoke about Sunjata. Sunjata has an entire epic. We've done an episode on that. If you haven't um, listened to it, please do. Um, he has an entire epic. Yeah. Yes, incredibly amazing. That describes his rise to power and all of this kind of thing. Essentially, how great of a person he is. And while that is rooted in actual historical facts, there are some embellishments. Mm-hmm. The same thing can be said for um, some kingdoms like the Yoruba kingdom of Ife. Mm-hmm. It has mythological foundations. However, it does have um, actual historical you know, evidence to go with it. <laughs> yeah. But that's where the similarities with today's episode ends. Oh, okay. Now, yes, today's episode, we'll be discussing the Bachwezi Empire. Bachwezi. Yes, the Bachwezi Empire. Mm. Now, you would... Um, oh, sorry, first of all, so the Bachwezi Empire of modern-day um, Eastern Africa. Wait. Uh, it covered parts okay. of... Um, Oh, you are going to ask? <laughs> Should I be the first one? The way with modern day Eastern Africa, I was like, "Wait a minute, what? <laughs> How big was this thing?" All oh, right, right. <laughs> Not the entirety okay. of it. Um, most of it was most of it was located in uh, modern day Uganda. There were parts in Kenya. There were parts in Rwanda as well. Ah, I see. The bulk of it in Uganda. Mm. Yes, and this empire like all others that I had mentioned so far, mm. does have some um, spicing up in its origins, mm. right? Some mythological foundations. Hey, that's way. Hey, that's way. But it has... This is what, That's where it ends, though, because this empire has... This empire has confused historians so much that, essentially, historians came to two conclusions. Like, different groups of historians came to different conclusions that essentially can be put into two categories. One, the empire never existed. <laughs> <laughs> Two, the empire existed. <laughs> Two, the the empire existed, but really, no one who talks about the empire now can say much of what they are saying with certainty. Ah, so yeah, those are the two camps that historians largely fall in. So it's either on the level of Atlantis or. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, I see. Which one would be the second example to use? But yeah, yeah. So some historians essentially see it as some sort of version of Atlantis, <laughs> I guess. But, um, right. So let me just, the, the lesson for today's episode is a lesson on the origin of kingdoms. A lesson on the origin of kingdoms. That's a very interesting approach. Let's get to it. Okay. Yes. For the, right. Okay, so uh, before I jump in, do you have any questions? Oh, because I've never ever heard of the Bashwezi. Bashwezi. Could you pronounce that again? Yeah, Bashwezi. Bashwezi. I've never heard of it. Bashwezi, I believe it's pronounced. This, the way you've even introduced it explains why I've never heard of it. So I am very keen to to learn about them. Let's just start. So we know where they were located. Yeah. How much of, how much of, how much of what you're about to share is, so we are we are clearly taking the second side, like the second group of historian side, where you are going to share it, but we cannot be certain that what we are sharing is the truth. Right, right. Um, we are sharing. We believe it obviously existed, and we are sharing what we know. But 
we can't tell you that everything we are sharing is 100% accurate. It's more of a patchwork. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So historians essentially putting together different accounts to um, create a sort of Frankenstein's monster. Ha. Huh. Well, let's introduce us to this monster then. When did it start? When do we, when do they say it started? <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, the first thing is, this particular kingdom, uh, this particular empire, sorry, is divided into two phases, mm. right? The first phase is known as the Batimbuzi period. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the second phase is known as the Batwezi, which is, you know, where we... Uh... Ah, I see. Wait, so was the first one like a pre-existing empire to... Which preceded the second yeah. one. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so um the Batimbuzi are essentially the main part of this story that most historians attribute to fiction. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <I> like <laughs> because Yeah, because there's there are so many accounts and so many different accounts and there is Absolutely no literary evidence, um, no recorded evidence, nothing left behind by people who were supposed to have been as um, strong as these people they called the Batimbuzi. Mm. Wait, so it's just oral accounts or we don't even have oral accounts? Yes, all oral accounts. All of it is oral accounts. Uh-huh. We don't have architectural accounts. You know, ah, in I some see. instances, architecture balances out the oral. But in this case, when we have architectural accounts, it's just oral. That's why mm-hmm. some historians are like, eh, I'm not, yeah, there's something fishy going on here. <laughs> okay. Kind of stuff, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, the Batimbuzi, the Batimbuzi period is referred to by some historians as the reign of the gods. Also, I should mention, sometimes when you wow. Google the Batwezi Empire, you would see something about um mm-hmm. Kitara K I T A R A sometimes it's called the Batwezi Kitara empire sometimes it's called the Kitara empire interesting okay you know yeah we'll get that's the second yeah. part right so, so we'll get to that later so no that's the second part yeah so we are yes yeah. let's get to the... <laughs> yeah yeah so, but the so right now we are still in the first part <laughs> Yes, yeah. the era of the gods. Yes. So the Batambuzi period. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different rulers who ruled during this period. Um, and there are different parts. In different parts of Uganda, they'll tell you there are different traditions that account for the different rulers. According to the Kinyoro traditions of... Um, the, the Kinyoro, um, Kinyoro is, a, is, a, is a region in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Um, so just knowing that. So according to the tradition in that particular area, there there were nineteen um people. They called them the pioneer kings. In their language, they called them the Abakama Abatembuzi. Wow, that rules of the tongue nicely. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they record nineteen of these such kings, and um, but in the in the in the what do you call them in the Inkore region of Uganda, 
um, their traditions record only four of these kings and they don't have any collective name applied to them. Wait, but how do we know they are talking about the same group of kings then? So the um, account of the Batembuzi that I'm given is mainly the work of a particular historian. Ah. Um, what was her name? I don't remember. Buchanan. I've forgotten her first name, but her name was also, her, her last name was Buchanan. Okay. And yeah, she, she essentially took a lot of information from the oral traditions that the people had. So this lady, Buchanan, is, um, the accounts I'm getting of the, um, um, the recounting I'm doing of the Batimbuzi was largely her work. And she combined their oral traditions with their clan history. So there are different clans in, um, these regions. And they have their different histories. So she combined them to, you know, give a patchwork of who these people were, who these kings were. Mm, right. I see. Okay. So some of these some of these kings will probably overlap at certain points. Ah. And I guess the Yeah, the most relevant of these is probably a king who is a ruler who is called um Hangi. Hangi. Yes. H A N G I. H A N G I. Wow, I was one letter from being an Attack on Titan person. But okay, let's go on. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? I gonna. I never actually thought about it till I just pronounced the name out loud. I was like, "Huh, that's like the Hanji from Attack on Titan." <laughs> Hangi is believed to be the founder of um, King Hangi is believed to be the founder of one of the clans associated with the Batimbuzi. Historians can't agree on when he ruled or when the Batimbuzi were supposed to have ruled. Essentially, this whole Batimbuzi period is such a mess in the accounting and traditions and the histories that every everyone is pretty much, or maybe not everyone, but most people are like, yeah, let's just chalk this off as mythology because we can't track anything. We can't prove anything. We have only like a few names that run through all of them. Let's just say that it's mythology. Hmm. But there is one very interesting reason why also I think some historians think that. Because the some of these kings from the Batimbuzi period were worshipped as ancestor spirits by their their successors, the or their supposed successors, the Batwezi. So Hangi and another ruler called Kasoba. Kazoba, sorry. And another ruler called mm-hmm. Nyamuhanga. These were ancestor spirits that uh, were supposedly worshipped by the Batwezi, right? Nyamuhanga. So, according to the Batwezi's rise to power by some, you know, accounts, some traditions, um, the last king of the Batembuzi was a man named Isaza. Uh, he was supposed to have ruled um, in the early 1300s, Isaza, right? Now, Isaza would, he was not a royal, he was not a royal, he was a commoner who was given the role of king. Sorry, sorry, so um, that's, that's, that's an error. No, the last king was Isaza, he was the last Batembuzi king, yes, but he, he was succeeded by a man named Bukuku, and Bukuku is rather the commoner, right? So, um, the, the, the story goes that Isaza picked Bukuku to be his successor. But then the nobles did not like the fact that Bukuku, who was a commoner, was now, you know, lord over them. And so war or, you know, rebellion, however you want to put it. Which is very understandable. Right, right. 
Right. Yeah, I know. Right. So essentially, um, in the midst of all of this commotion and rebellion and fighting, one guy will come up to be king and his name was Ndahura. Now, Ndahura, according to the tradition, some traditions, is actually the grandson of Bukuku, who was the ruler. So I don't quite know the details of why and how that's going to happen for Bukuku, to, for Indahura, who is Bukuku's grandson, to come to power in the midst of all of this rebellion. Yes. But whatever happened, by the time the dust had settled, there was a new king on the throne. Yeah, after all the fighting, it was the grandson of the commoner king they didn't want that became their ruler. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't really understand myself, but yeah. Um so some some historians believe that this is at uh, this was at sorry, this was an attempt at legitimizing the Bachwezi, right? Because Indahura became the first of the Bachwezi kings. Ah, uh, I see. Yes. Okay. So the the Batrezi Empire would really begin with Indahura. Mm. And Indahura was he was a warrior king, you know, he went out, conquered new lands and whatnot. Um so he extended his kingdom from a small regions uh, sorry, oh, Lord Wing. <laughs> he extended his kingdom. <laughs> he extended his kingdom from a small region and into a large empire by the early to mid 1300s right mm. um his origin was a place called um bugangazi bugangazi so he extended his rule in bugangazi over large parts of southern western southern and western uganda parts of northern uh, rwanda parts of western kenya mm. and yeah he created the batwezi empire in essence and if the what I'm mentioning to you sounds vague because I'm not giving you proper borders, that's because yeah, pretty much we don't actually know exactly. the proper limits of his empire. Wow, that's another problem with this this particular empire, the Batwezi. So we don't know the proper limits of his empire, and his empire was actually loosely put together in the sense that it wasn't a properly centralized state. So he relied on um, representatives in different areas. Mm. You know, and yeah, he didn't have, he didn't have concrete control over everything, but he was their overall king. That was Ndahura, the first of the Bachwezi. Funny enough, he was also the penultimate of the Bachwezi. Ah, wait, the penultimate king? Yes. Are you serious? Because I was about to say, that's a lot of expansion under his rule alone. It looks like he enjoyed being a warrior more than a king. Yeah, he actually kind of did. You know, he, he... so, um, the story goes that when he, when he was, he went to battle one time, he went to war, he liked to go to war. Um, so he went to war one time and the, um, during the battle, the people he was fighting with, uh, somewhere in the West, he lost, uh, he lost the battle. He was captured because there was a sudden eclipse Oh, and his warriors panicked, <laughs> you know? And yes, so he lost the battle and he was captured. But then eventually when he was released, he did not return back to his homeland. He was so embarrassed by defeat. He just kept walking west and never went back. Oh, my goodness. I want to, yeah. I want to call Cap, but it's fine. 
So who succeeded? (laughs) (laughs) After he never returned, his son succeeded him. His son's name was Wamara. Wamara. Man, these names, though. These names. Wamara. Yeah. Like, yo, the names, I'm not even going to lie. The names are dope. Like, I like the names. I like, I think, (laughs) I don't remember which kingdom it was that we spoke about. There was one other kingdom we spoke about that had really cool names. Yeah. And this, this one is up there with it. Like, it rivals it straight up. Bruh. The names are really cool. Wamara, Indahura, uh, Bugangazi. Bugangazi. You know, these are all nice names. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should mention that at a point, though, um, there was a regent called Morindwa. And, Morindwa. uh, he was, he was king in place, like he was, uh, he was regent. He took care of the kingdom when Indahura went off to war. Mm, yes. But when it got to the point where Indahura never actually returned, uh, his son, Wamara, became king. Okay. Wow. My regent is a very nice guy. Just give it to the son. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know the details. For all, for all we know, he he might have had to fight the regent, or maybe the regent died, or something. Mm. We don't know. Okay, but then, so he was the last king, or the last. Yes. Yeah, so Indahura's son. Yes. So, um, according to the accounts that we're using, um, Indahura's son Wamara would rule in the late um thirteen hundreds. And um, during this period, this loosely jointed empire will become even more loosely connected because it's going to be, it's going to have to to tolerate new waves of immigrants. So they're going to get immigrants from the north and immigrants from the south. Interesting. Hey, was something major happening around that region at that time in history? Or was just people migrating Um, as usual? No, yeah, just just people migrating, hmm. and um, I guess I guess um, Uganda is actually a pretty good place because the region I'm talking about is surrounded by rivers, good water bodies, and whatnot. Ah. So pastoralists have good reason to move their animals in there, mm-hmm. and uh, agriculturalists also have good reason to come and farm in there and whatnot. So perhaps that that explains it too. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. So, um, oh, before I proceed with Wamara, I should mention that some historians don't buy the story of the rebellion and Indahura coming to power and all of those kind of things. They just, they believe that, um, Indahura was simply a guy who was a good statesman who expanded his kingdom and his empire, essentially. They don't believe the whole story with the Batimbuzi and the rebellion and whatnot. They believe those are just embellishments. Mm, okay. To each their own. Yeah. I will. <laughs> So, um, essentially, uh, when he was when his son came to power, he had to deal with uh, waves of immigrants and a bunch uh, of invasions as well. And the problem for him was that the empire was already not very strong politically, and now with all of these new people dropping in, tensions would inevitably increase again. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where. Well, he couldn't really do anything about it. He tried to um, give the new people important positions and whatnot. But some of them saw it as weakness. Like, you know, this guy's trying to appease us. 
So that didn't really help the <laughs> empire. And then, yes. And then he was eventually hit with the uh, a series of perfect disasters. The first was a great famine, oh. which affected you know you know in these kind of periods when there's some like a great famine it affects a lot of belief in the government and the nobility and royalty yes so that happened of course and then it was followed by a cattle disease which is problematic considering a good number of the people in the empire were pastoralists with their cattle and stuff and then it was also followed by widespread dis- dissatisfaction because all of these problems were happening and there were so many political tensions and so one guy called Kagoro, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. happened to be Wamara's military commander, decided to stage a coup. And yeah, he ah. absolutely probably wasn't too hard for him, considering no one was happy. Um, he absolutely massacred Wamara and his clan, uh, the Batuizi aristocracy, and he dumped their bodies into the water. Bruh. You know, the river. And so the Batuesi were completely annihilated. Thus, no modern day trace of them. Wow. Like an entire people just. Yeah. Hmm. Just like that. Wiped. Well, so historians actually believe that the Batuesi aristocracy must not have. They, there were not a lot of people. Yeah. There were probably just a handful of people who were, yeah, controlling the empire. So, yeah, that they were completely wiped out and they were gone disappeared erased that. completely from uganda yes damn that is so, so sad. essentially <laughs> yeah what the belief is that when that happened then the empire broke off into a bunch of smaller states that were really grouped into two different um political entities so that was the end of the batwezi wait so y- you mentioned kitara earlier where did that one come from so there is a modern day you know, in the same way we have in Ghana, we have the uh, Ashanti Kingdom, which is yes. not really a kingdom anymore because it's in Ghana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. There is a modern-day state of Bunyoro Kitara. Bunyoro in modern-day Uganda. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, in the same way, it was, it was one of the eventual successor kingdoms of the um, Batwezi Empire. Okay. That's a very short empire, though. Is that the shortest we've had? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the shortest empire we had to cover because it's like two kings and that's it. And the the most fascinating part about this this particular uh entity was separating fact from fiction because <laughs> I was so confused that when I was actually doing the research, I thought I was like, should I really do this um because the, this was back when I was trying to figure out how to, you know, um relay the information because I was like if I'm giving all these details, everybody's going to be confused because I myself will probably be confused as well. So I actually haven't gone into details with like the clan histories and whatnot because it's all like a giant web of did this happen? This person said this happened, but then we can't really tell if this person is right because they might have just been doing this to claim legitimacy from this. And then that, and then it's like, nah, yeah, just use like a, let's simplify it <laughs> and give only the key information out. So that's what we've done with this episode. Hmm. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, that's what this 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 whole thing is for. We're here to tell stories that. Are yeah, told. yeah, so, yeah. Exactly, stories that are told. So, um, 
if you didn't know before, yes, there was an empire in modern day, covering parts of modern day Uganda, Rwanda, and Kenya that was very short-lived. Although you have to admit it was kind of impressive because this guy created an empire without any horses, without any actual writing system. And he pretty much just went about beating up people and being like, you're under me now, you're under me now. But then I guess that's the problem (laughs) with forming empires too quickly. Yeah. It's kind of like Alexander the Great when he just got up and conquered a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And then he died and everything just crumbled. Just crumbled. Like the next day. The king king part of being a warrior king is very important when it comes to these things. Yes, yes, yes. You know, actually didn't, I actually didn't draw that, draw that comparison, but yeah, I guess both he and Alexander did have that. Yeah. We are, we like to fight thing. Yeah. Huh. Look at that. Anyway, so that brings us to the end of today's episode of Africans Untold Stories. Before we move on to the closing part, um, looking for someone to handle our social media. So if you are interested, please do hit us up. Uh, via any of our platforms and contacts we don't mind and uh yeah so i guess that's it for you do you have anything you want to add no i think this is i think i don't, I don't think we should even attempt to find any more answers because we'll just be doubling more into the uncertain part of things so this is fine all right then i guess this is it so Thank you guys for joining us and remember to follow us on Instagram at Africa's Untold Stories and on Twitter at Africa's underscore Untold S. And look out for something coming up very soon. We would be um, adding Mm. something new. So keep your eyes out on our social media platforms especially. And then, um, yeah, until the next time, peace. peace.